0: Hello and welcome to the Franco Observer. This is episode 4 of the Franco Observer. I am your host, Jason Rudy. And uh, on this episode, we review the film Satanic Sisters is the original export title. uh, But the USA and UK DVD title is Sexy Sisters. And that's what it's released under here. Uh, This is the 81st film that Jess Franco directed. He did this... um, in 1977 and this is um part of the irwin c dietrich collection that he directed with him i mean that he directed for him he directed under many producers during his time but in this but for him uh i believe it's 17 or 18 films i gotta do my count again and see for sure as i do my research but uh at first I kept reading 16 and it was 17, but then I was, I was counting on my collection think it was like 17, but yeah, anyway, so I'll, I'll go into that at a later time. Um, but yeah, this is, um, the 81st film that Jess Franco did. He did this for Dietrich in 1977. He shot this, um, back to, he, he shot this right after he shot blue Rita. And, uh, after this, he did love camp. So this fits in right nicely in there. Um, with a lot of his films, I've as I've mentioned before, he has uh, reoccurring um, groups of actors, which I like about him a lot. Kind of like uh, later on, like John Waters did, and um, um, Martin Scorsese and Paul Thomas Anderson, and uh, you know, you have a, certain guys you like to work with, certain gals you like to work with, and and um, yeah, he just uh, reoccurring through. Um, like this one, you don't have Howard Vernon, but you have Jack Taylor. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's how he did that. So, um, this was, yeah, like I said, this was filmed in early of 1977, uh, for Dietrich. Um, as we talk about in the review, I go over all the different titles that it was released under. I, re- I really enjoyed this film. Um, of the four that we review, this is probably my favorite so far. The cast is Pamela Stanford plays Countess Countess Edna Louise Chalier, also known as Edie. Uh, <clears throat> she's the lead in this, and she's in quite a few Franco films. She's really strong. She's probably the best actress of uh, this bunch here, uh, actor and actresses. Um, she's really strong. Uh, she has really good facial features. She really camps it up as the role as the evil stepsister. Um and then Corrine uh, Gambert plays Millicent, Millie, Antonio Van Stein. She's Edie's sister, uh, the nymphomaniac that's kept in the cage. Uh, we'd watched her last in Voodoo Passion, and uh, she's in this again. She's in a few Franco films as well, so it's cool to see her pop up again. Um, then, of course, we have Jack Taylor as Dr. Charles Barnes, a.k.a. Carlos Barros. And, um, yeah, he's masquerading as a doctor, and that's Edie's boyfriend. And uh, he's actually an actor, as you see in the film, a poster of his from a comedy that he had done, which is a cool touch. Um, the Maid is played by Esther Moser. She's Sarah the Maid. And, uh, yeah, she, she's, she was in uh, a few of the films we had watched as well. Um, Kurt Meineke plays Joe, Millie's lover. Uh, Joe, he's the guy in the racing jacket. And what's cool about this film is, um, Franco, like, always shows different, I don't know what the right word would be, archetype, or different, um, personalities of people, like with this, he has the, I'd say, the two sisters, which are opposites, the, um, Edie is very, like, um domineering and strong and forceful and looking after herself and very conniving in that. Then you have Millie, who's just very shy and innocent and just all sexual. But they're both sexual beings, but their sex is used in different purposes. Um, Edie is more into herself and using it to achieve power, while Millie is just into the sensations and the feeling of sex and just to release it from her. So that was kind of cool to see the differences between the two. And then, of course, you have the maid and the nurses and that, which are just following along and very sexual as well, and, they're, and they uh, just fulfilled that purpose. So, so you have those three, which is different. And then in the men, you have Joe, who's just a guy that's just wanting to score but is good at heart and intentful. And then you have um, Eric's character, like Joe the barfly. He's just straight uh sex straight through. And then you have um the blonde gigolo who's very evil, like Edie, where he is a rapist and he's just uh takes Millie and just just goes for anal sex only, just very vile and just very base, so yeah, so those three are kind of different from each other, which is cool as well. So he shows the mirrors the three different types for the women and the three different types for the men in this film that he portrays. So I thought that was a cool touch. Um, so yeah, he has that, that little Dean, uh, Dean dealing there. Um, he uses the drug aspect where the doctor injects Millie with a drug. And, um, he uses that in quite a few other films where being under the control of a drug, um, that makes you do their purpose to carry on the motive. um, so yeah, that, that I really liked, um, on this film, uh, it was released on DVD in the United States through full moon and you can get it at www.fullmoondirect.com. That's the cheapest price. If you go to Amazon, I'm looking at it right now. They're selling the DVD for twenty four ninety nine, and you can get it at full moon direct anywhere from, you know, six to 10 bucks, maybe 12 bucks at the most. So it's like half the price or a third of the price. Um, you can also get this film uh through um the import uh that we got before. Um let's see. It's uh the Ascot Elite one, the Jess Franco Goya collection. Uh that I found through Da storefront through Amazon. You gotta kinda search if you first go through their storefront it's not there, but if you look under some of the titles or directors it pops up. Uh, that's about thirty six ninety nine. Uh, the Blu-ray of that. I don't know. I think they're the same running time because the, uh, cheaper DVD from full moon runs quite long. It's like 86 minutes. And, uh, it seemed everything was there from, uh, some of the, uh, angles and that. So, I mean, it's still soft core, but there's a couple of hardcore shots, but very, very, very fleeting. Um, I looked up the Amazon reviews for this, and there really wasn't any Amazon reviews. Uh, there was Amazon reviews on Sexy Sisters for this, but it was like, wasn't like was anything funny to do a podcast on. It was just like, not good, bad graphics, just some dumb shit like that. So um, That part I'm not going to put in this episode because it wasn't worthy. Uh, let's see, what else do we want to go through here? Uh, we got our release dates in, we got the different titles, Amazon reviews. Um, yeah, that looks like what I want to do. So, this was the little opening here. Um, like me and Eric say later on in the review, I recommend it. Say check it out. Um, the cinematography is good. Some of the things that we talked about after the episode was over that we wish we would have said, so now I'm recording now into the beginning. Um, there's some really cool shots in here we forgot to talk about. Franco sets up his shots really well in this, um, there's a nice sequence where... They're walking over a little bridge, leaving the estate, and that's a really nice uh, master shot from the side uh, or from the from the small bridge going across. Um, I like how he found on the beach the one long piece of driftwood. Either they brought it in or it was there. And when the gals come in from the ocean and sit, it's framed really well. The the uh, woods on the right side, um, kind of uh, boxing in the frame. So yeah, it looks good. There's quite a few nice shots in here. Really, really good cinematography definitely a step up from the quicker, uh, hardcore, um, sex films like, uh, white skin, black thighs and, and, uh, those. So, but yeah, I definitely say very good film. And, um, once again, that's going to wrap up this opening portion of the Franco observer. Uh, we're going to basically tackle the urban C. Dietrich collection with Eric and I, and also in the works, we will have some special episodes with friends of mine, um, from different parts of the United States that I'm going to be doing this with Zoom. So the sound quality might be different. I'm going to um, record them and then go through and try to work on the levels and the editing, um, the sound editing, which I do for all these. Oh, also, too, uh, one thing on the review, you listen ahead. Um, We recorded for the first time with two mics um, into a little board going out into the recorder, and it looked like it was only a mono track with two mics, so... Um, after I record this, I'm going to go through and start doing the sound editing and I'll look at the track and see, um, there might be a sound difference. I might end up taking the releasing as mono, seeing what it sounds like, or taking the mono track and doubling it and lining it up, which might be longer. So if it's, I don't know, we'll see, but we're going to do that experiment. And like I said, this is the show fourth episode. We're still finding our way. And uh, working out the sound bugs, but been hearing that the sound is good, not leaving my levels low, making sure everything's loud and good and a uh, positive listening experience. So, thank you for supporting the Franco Observer podcast. Um, please share the word, please tell your friends, please post it, tell people about it, Franco fans, non Franco fans. Uh, what I'm trying to do here is basically go through and review every Franco film and Eric and I will do a lot of them, but I'm also showing them and doing reviews with other Franco fans and people that have never seen a Franco film. So you can, uh, spread the word of Franco and, uh, get new followers that way and get people to appreciate his films and, you know, show his films, to some eyes that may have never seen or wouldn't have never seen his film. So that's the aspect here is to spread the good word. So thanks for listening. And, uh, on we go to the review portion hello and welcome to the franco observer this is episode four i am your host jason rudy and uh sitting along with me is my co-host eric whitwell hey um just want to say this is the first show where we have a two mic system so now i could just say uh uh hey eric how are you doing today
1: I'm doing fine, Jason. How are you?
0: Wow, I didn't have to pass the mic back and forth. It's like pretty cool. <laughs> it's so much freedom. Yeah, I can actually like talk to you and yeah. like look at you or not look at you and like still have to like you know carry the conversation, which is good, and not have to fucking pass the mic back and forth. Excuse the language. All right, so uh, tonight uh, we watched. Uh, for this fourth episode, we decided to uh, watch uh, "Sexy Sisters." which was also the export title Satanic Sisters, which was the um, title card that popped up on the German original version that we watched. And that really threw Eric for a loop because he's like, why is it called Satanic
1: Sisters? It made no sense.
0: Yeah, there's nothing Satanic. There was no (laughs) devil worship, no... uh, Black masses, no incantations, no uh, pentagrams, pentacles, anything like that. So uh,
1: sitar music. Maybe the poster that was in the background. Maybe
0: Yeah, maybe it was something like that could be, you know, but uh Yeah. Yeah, but that that uh kind of was was interesting. But you know, so that was right off the bat. But yeah, it was Sexy Sisters on the DVD. Um this was probably of the four so far, my favorite Franco film.
1: Yeah, really good. I, yeah,
0: I agree. Yeah, Eric, Eric, Eric dug a lot, too. Um, this, uh, <clears throat> where we're saying, okay, is Sexy Sisters, but the export main title is Satanic Sisters. Uh, when it played um, in the UK later, it was called Swedish Nympho Slaves. <laughs> uh, when it played Spain, it was Sexual Aberrations." of a hot blonde
1: (laughs) they knew how to sell tickets (laughs)
0: yeah really really pushing the the sex angle hard um and for the italian theatrical it was erotic frenzy of a nymphomaniac and uh yeah that was of course the sexy sisters with the us uk dvd title um oh i like the uh nl video that would probably be the netherlands it was called randy sisters randy <laughs> sisters oh, <Randa laughs> Sisters. i'm randy yeah the randy sisters i don't know the randy sisters really doesn't sound very erotic for american audiences it's more like a male's name randy
1: yeah was it was randy a term for that before it became a male's name
0: i don't know i i know it's like a european you know like oh she's so randy you know but uh yeah i don't know that's interesting Uh, and then the uh, 1978 trade title reported in a variety as the Diabolic Sisters which as you watch the movie only one of the sisters is Diabolic not two Um, also Two Vicious Sisters Your Devil in My Hell wow yeah a lot of titles Uh, and uh, yeah so that was that Um, the shooting date on this was early 1977 um so early, I would guess maybe February, March. Uh, it was released September first of nineteen seventy-seven in Germany. Uh, that was the certificate date, and uh, came out the next day, September second, actually seventy-seven. Um, after that, played Zurich, February of seventy-eight, and played Turin in March. And uh, Italian censor gave it in January twenty-fifth. Played there seventy-nine. Played throughout 79 in uh, Paris, Rome. Played in London, 1980. Played in Seville in 81. Barcelona in 81. We have listeners in Barcelona, among many places. And also in Madrid. Played in 82, February of 82. We have listeners there, so that's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, And then we played, finally, in Marsha, June of 82. Um, The theatrical running time, Switzerland was 84 minutes the version we watched says 86 minutes i don't know if that's just the uh conversion time if it's the same print or what i would imagine it would be um the german print said it was 7855 and the blu-ray running time of the ascot elite version is 76 minutes and 7 minutes and the ascot elite the just franco golden goya collections those are usually pretty long and uncut so I don't know. Uh, the full moon version we watched the DVD was really good. The print was really nice. Um, I don't know. the colors were really well. Getting into the, how the film was and the quality of it is first the quality of the DVD I thought was really good. Um, of course, once you get past all the Charles Band shit in the beginning. Um, but yeah, but once you get into the film, it gets going good. Um, before we go into the film and all the storyline and the synopsis and everything, Eric, what did you think about the film?
1: Yeah, I agree with you. It's definitely was a it's been my favorite so far. Um the yeah, the shot locations, the he's really good at his um his cinematography, just his shot setups. And you know, it's really a yeah, this one really uh showed a lot of a lot of his yeah, artistic abilities. Um, I don't know, I'm trying to find words. But um what did you think of the posters in the woman's apartment? That threw... That was awesome. That was awesome. Like, that threw me off. Just cats. They had cats all over the wall. Like, house cats. Like, just big, blown-up pictures of house cats.
0: Yeah, it was like black-and-white poster montage of different cats. Black cats, white cats. There's even a dog picture thrown in there. Yeah,
1: one random random dog picture. And there was, like, no, like... There was nothing about it that made you think that this was supposed to be cat-like. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You would think that there was some kind of symbolism in that, but... Well, there's the crude joke that I'll leave to the viewer or listeners ears, but you know, but yeah,
0: but yeah, I don't know. I think it was just a, you know, what was this a 77? I don't know. It might have just been like a 77 pop fashion kind of thing, and I don't know. I I think it was cool.
1: It was just Yo, I thought it was cool too. Kind of
0: Andy Warhol type thing, you know, like you were saying earlier. But
1: I kind of yeah. want one. I I'd put up a picture of a cat now in my place. Yeah, I remember on that time frame being a
0: kid, and then there was like a lot of Charlie Chaplin stuff like that, where there's a couple of pictures of Charlie Chaplin or W.C. Fields and stuff like that, where they were taking a classic image and just repeating it three or four times in a in an actual picture, you know, so.
1: Yeah, like Andy Warhol. Yeah, 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 like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah like
0: that, you know, but it's just, you've seen that a lot in theaters and stuff, so I don't know, I think you're just copying that through. Um. So, yeah, basically, uh, Sexy Sisters, title said Satanic Sisters, like that, um like most franco films this one just like got off to the start to let you know that you're watching a franco film because there's a two girl nude sex dance club scene basically uh you have this the two girls on stage uh with multiple view- with multiple viewers sitting in the club watching it's in almost all of his films
1: it almost started off the same way, too, as a, the white skin on black thighs, and where, yeah. like, the, the woman goes up to the man and is like, I want you, I'm going to take you with me.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, you're, you know, you're 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 totally correct, I didn't even think about that, yeah. So, like, it starts off with the two naked women, and they're wearing these really cool masks, and actually, it, we had both remarked that, like, of his, so far, the scene, I mean, Vampiro's Lesbos, he hasn't seen yet, but that's probably the best one, but, for the dance scene, but... But this had a really fucking cool look. They had these, like, kabuki-looking masks. And they were, like, uh, these jade ma- or I don't know. They were just, like, a cool... I don't know. I think they were, like, wooden masks that were carved and possibly and painted. They looked really cool. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the, the two nude women had them on. And then, I don't know, they were touching each other very slowly and methodically. And then uh, that basically just, like, started off when they were doing that.
1: And there's a guy playing a sitar in the in the over to the side. There's like two guys. One guy was playing the sitar.
0: Yeah, no, it was it was actually a very cool yeah number. Uh, I I guess all the music in this film were uh, the music cues and other music used in the other Dietrich films, um, which I did recognize a lot of it. But that sitar one, I didn't recognize right off the bat. But um, so yeah, so you see uh, the guy there watching and. Uh, Pamela Stanford's character um, Edie um, Edna uh, Edie basically goes in and, and like talks to the guy and basically uh, she picks him up and takes him home or takes so takes she leaves with him in his VW bug and they drive off to a beach and they, they uh, start kissing and uh, takes her top down and stuff and, and they have some really funny dialogue between the two. And uh, she comments about how big his dick is. And he says, it's the gear shift. And (laughs) she says, well, if your dick doesn't do the job, then I'll ride your gear shift later. (laughs) And they're laughing along. And it's it's actually a pretty funny witty dialogue scene. And and everything up to that point, we're like, wow, this is actually a really good Jess Franco film. It's a good good story. It's a good setup. And it's it's been used before, but it it moves. It's it's got good locations. He's actually traveling outside of the sets and you're seeing cool (laughs) things. And, and it, and it starts moving. And then uh, she ends up taking the guy home. And uh, she takes him back to her place. And uh, she basically just kind of like leaves him to be. And then that's when we see her sister in the room. And her sister's name is Millie. And uh, we'd watched her. And um, the actress uh, playing Millie is Corrine Gambier. And she's Millicent Millie. Antonia Van Stein Edie's sister um and then you you watch you learn that it's her stepsister from her father's marriage um but yeah she basically takes the guy Joe uh into the room leaves him and then we see her sister and her sister is chained uh with gold handcuffs to the ceiling wall and her arms are in the air and she's behind these gold bars and uh which I wondered if that was a f- reference to Golden Cage, a Franco film I haven't yet seen or bought, but I'm going to get soon. Um, so yeah, so you see her in the bed uh, chained up with the gold chains, and are the gold handcuffs, and then the gold bars. And later on in the movie, it's funny, I, I caught watching it, um, the gold bars you see were actually made of wood, and you see a knot in the wood for the for the fucking gold bar that's supposed to be a prison cell <laughs> so why would there be a fucking knot in a fucking bar anyway like a high-tech prison cell yeah. too like
1: it's like a, the it opens automatically yeah it's yeah it's like a
0: fucking remote control gold bar yeah sliding door cage but there's a wood fucking knot in the thing yeah so i don't know if it was just gold you foil or uh, yeah not get out of it exactly <laughs> so we see millie in there and uh she she's writhing in bed and she's naked and she's amazingly hot and she's like this bleach blonde actress that's in quite a few Franco films as we're discovering and watching she's she's really good in this um, she basically moans for him to come over and the doors open and he goes over and, and they have like long sex there's like a long sex scene and uh, but uh, actually well, I, I jumped over a part because before that is that the man uh, Edna gets going first?
1: Which he uh, so Edna was playing around with him, and then she leaves, and her sister says, "I brought you something." and She goes, uh, "But I need you to watch. You have to watch."
0: But was that the guy Edna blows in the beginning, or was yes. that different? Okay, yeah, yes, so yes. yeah, so the the um, Edna's character like starts making out with the guy a little bit and then like actually like starts sucking his dick a little bit. It's like, wow, this is actually made in the movie. And then it like stopped real fast. And then so the other things happen. And then she like leaves him. She's like, Oh, you better, blah, blah. And then she goes and then, uh, he meets her sister and then they have sex and stuff, which I mentioned. Um, but, uh, so yeah, so basically, um, well, Joe's fucking the sister. Um, and he remarks, you're a wild cat, which was my favorite <laughs> line of the movie. Cause that's like a really romantic line to say to a girl Yeah. when you're having sex with you're a wild cat
1: with pictures of cats
0: everywhere. Yeah. Good call. I didn't, I didn't really catch the, uh, the deal on that. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty funny. That's on one channel. Okay. that's fine. Alrighty. So, yeah. So, so we see that go through and, uh, um, so as, as, as he's saying that to her, um, and, uh, gets the candle off the candelabra and uh, starts really going to town with the with the candle. But, uh, yeah, so that was interesting. Um, um, so in, in this scene where she was masturbating with the candle, I had, I had made notes that in Voodoo Passion, a woman masturbates with a champagne bottle, rubs against her, and in White Skin, Black Thighs, it was a cucumber, and in this one it was a candle. So we have a candle, a cucumber, and a champagne bottle, the three Cs. The three C's, Yeah, candle, (laughs) champagne, and cucumber. So, I don't know. That was something I noticed. Just, I don't know. I have a weird mind. So, anyway. uh, So, yeah. So, and then um, after that transpires, um, the guy wakes up after he has sex with his sister and is real good. They say they love each other and stuff. And he says he'll see her again. And then he goes to sleep and he wakes up and he's in his VW bus um, on the beach where he had... Been before, so then he's like, Oh, was it a dream or what? and he realizes his car is dead, and he's and then he's you know, but um, the character Joe, I know Eric really dug his uh racing jacket, <laughs> yeah, 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 he was like wearing this racing jacket that was like, you know, and and he looked, I mean, I really don't know how old the guy was, but he looked a lot older than uh Millie did because Millie's supposed to be just turning 21 and he looked like 41 maybe or something it looked
1: yeah. like he'd been smoking cigarettes for like 21 years
0: yeah <laughs> or he was up like smoking crack for like two months or
1: something
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah so i don't know so yeah he uh but so anyway so he didn't wake up and stuff and then we were introduced to the character of dr barnes which is played by the great jack taylor um and he has a similar role like this in voodoo passion where he's playing a doctor and uh you think he's like caring for the person, but he's actually got his own plans and his own ultra motives, his old ulterior motives, I should say. Um, so, um, basically we find out that Millie is an infomaniac, and that, uh, Dr. Barnes, Jack Taylor's character is treating her and giving her injections to relax her. And she tells him that she had sex with uh, Joe and he tells her, no, this is just a fantasy that you're having. And, uh, and then she says oh and he says you're having these fantasies and you're having delusions and you're uh, schizophrenic and all this other stuff so then uh, he tells her yeah we we will let you go swimming in the beach in the sea you know for like a half hour whatever it was 15 minutes or half hour and uh, the nurse will go with you and, and that's really fine so then he disappears with the nurse and then Millie overhears him talking shit about her to the nurse saying that she has these conditions and that she's very sick and that the nurse needs to stop being attracted to her and and trying to be (laughs) with her. So then uh, the next scene is uh, Millie takes the nurse to swim new to the beach. And uh, it's a really long scene where they're diving in the water, and when they walk out, Millie takes a bump in the water, uh, walking back. And and just falls. And just falls, (laughs) basically just biffs it. And uh, then uh, she gets up and walks back, and then the nurse about biffs it about twice, coming out after her. And, uh, which is really cool, the next sequence, and like, I thought it was a goof, but then when you realize that it's something different, it makes sense, because they, they're, they're swimming, they're completely naked, wet, and then the next scene, they go to lay down on the beach on their uh, little fold-out uh, deals, and when they lay down, like on the towel or whatever, they're both completely dry. Their hair is dry, their skin's dry, it's like they filmed it before they even got in the water, that sequence. So you're thinking, wait, dude, this is a goof. They're, like, dry. Why would they be, like, not wet coming out of the fucking sea? Well, you realize that it was a dream sequence by Millie uh, that she was um, hallucinating that part because she's slapped awake by the nurse. And she says, oh, I, I knew you were dreaming about something. or You were in pain. So she slaps her, um, Maria, the nurse. Um, but, uh, yeah, so anyway, um, so then basically... Um, they get her drugged up, and then you find out as the film progresses that um, Millie is going to inherit a bunch of money when she turns twenty-one, unless she's legally unable to, or unless she's uh, mentally unable, or physically unable, or sick, or whatever, to to get the money. Then her sister will inherit the money, and then you find out that her sister Edna is basically trying to drive her insane or driving her to die or to do something so she could take over the money and she's her stepsister but what we jumped over is a bunch of other sequences that you find out why Millie is the way she is, what she saw when she was a kid with her stepsister and her and you see uh, just stuff that was very shot really well but it was very odd, the stuff when she was a kid you know.
1: Yeah, well it's kind of funny because like when she, when she first hooked up with that guy Joe, she says, you know, I need you to watch like I watched you when I was a kid and you know you're like okay, well, so she needs the voyeuristic, and then all of a sudden, like, yeah, it shows that what you were speaking of, the the blondest man I've ever seen in my life. Um, I don't know. Are we going to get into this right now?
0: Yeah, yeah, we could. Okay. Yeah.
1: So yeah, it shows uh, the the sister. Uh,
0: he's he's billed as blonde gigolo, by the way. Blonde gigolo. Oh, it's, yeah.
1: it's fitting. That's a that's actually ac- and ac- his name.
0: Yeah, he's uncredited. His name's Mike Montana wow wow Mike, yeah uncredited Mike Montana blonde gigolo
1: Mike Montana from Germany yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. so he's like he's having sex with Eddie the, Eddie, the sister and um, all of a sudden you look and underneath the bed is like this 12 year old girl you know just like like almost like horrified like looking up you're like what the hell like they, they, this girl's like watching her sister and then but what's weird is like basically Millie's supposed to be like
0: 12 or 13 or maybe 14 and then like uh, Edie is like the same age she is now so you're like wait a minute that's like I don't know maybe 10 years difference maybe and yeah. I don't know I, I guess yeah she's not aged that much in 10 years but that part and they filmed of course in, in different shots so the, the, the young girl wasn't really under the bed you could see that they <laughs> shot that, that separately really yeah that. yeah <laughs> and then through looking through the chair watched while they were doing it too But, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Eric.
1: Oh, no, no, no. It was just, uh, yeah, it was just a strange scene, you know? And then, uh, the young girl escapes and all of a sudden the guy jumps up and says, don't run away. And you're just like, whoa, like what's going on here? You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was, it was very odd. I mean that, and then of course, uh, um, Eric Falk is in it again. Um, and, uh, he plays Tom, a barfly, and, um, and that was probably the funniest sequence I think in the film is is when he uh, basically Ed picks him up in the bar and says Hey you know I'll take him fucking and stuff but I want you to do fuck my sister and stuff and and uh, he goes in to have sex with her and he's wearing his leather jacket and nothing else and uh, so he's wearing his leather his big fucking leather jacket like zipped up and shit with his big fucking buckle at the bottom as he's fucking her and uh, then he pretends to have a heart attack and and dies. And then the woman says, okay, you help me. We got to get rid of the body. We must take off all of his clothes. <laughs> and I'm like, he's wearing just a fucking jacket. Why are you going to take off all of his clothes? I don't know. That, that was kind of stupid. Um, but yeah. And then of course the gigolo was. uh, that scene was pretty, pretty funny because it was very odd because, uh, yeah, he had, I guess he had raped the daughter when, or the girl when, uh, Millie, when she was a kid and, uh, and then he returns to have sex with her now, which is pretty, pretty sleazy, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that was that. And then, so basically in the end, uh, Joe finally finds out where she lives and Joe saves her and, uh, the ending's kind of rushed, um, to be totally honest with you, it just kind of like wraps up and just kind of stumbles home. Uh, he just kind of comes in and wraps everything up and then the sister has to leave with the crooked doctor, uh, Dr. Barnes. Um, and, uh, he, but he doesn't want her to leave with him and he just backs out of the shot and it just ends with no, the end, no end credits, nothing, just kind of a, and the end they're like in two different locations. You could tell cause she's talking to him off set and, he pulls up by the sea in the background, and in the background of them is like trees and a whole forest. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, it was like the end. It's like here's like this supposed to be this like this um, amount immense wealth, you know, like this yeah. uh, this this great inheritance that they're like fighting that she's trying to get from this from her sister, and and it's like, well, oh, no, we're not going to do. We know what's going on. Okay, all right, that's it. We're done. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's just kind of like,
0: all right, and uh, okay. So you're going to live with her. Okay. Well, I'm going to go. Okay. Well. Uh, okay, well then you you can stay with me uh okay, bye. And it just ends. Yeah. Yeah. Oh but yeah. uh and also to the um uh this is which I totally didn't even mention in the beginning. This is one of the uh Urban C. Dietrich films and uh so of course um you see his um Rolls Royce in it again from a Rolls Royce Baby and uh that makes an appearance. I think I'm I'm pretty sure that was his car, um being a really rich producer, I'm sure like that was his Rolls Royce and he got to use it for certain films because it's a really fucking awesome prop and it's beautiful car beautiful car it's got like a snake's fucking mouth above the light and, or uh, next to the light or whatever it is and it was it was, it was badass um, also too I, I noticed that the red bed appears at the end um, of the film with I think it was the scene with Jack Taylor and the two girls um, Jack Taylor has really another interesting um, love making scene I guess He's basically naked in bed with the two girls, and they're drinking champagne, and then they proceed to, like, get ready to fuck. But it's like they, they're, like, trying to push each other over the other person. And they're, like, wrestling, or, like, I don't know. It's just Like they're playing steamroller. Yeah, they're, like, pushing the person over the person and rolling and just jump. And it's, like, there's, I don't know, it's no love or eroticism or sex or nothing to it. It's just bizarre. I don't know. That really threw me off, you know? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, um,. And then we noticed the gold foil on the door was pretty funny. It's supposed to be like this gold door, but it was like gold wrapping paper and toward the end it you start seeing the bubbles in the door and stuff, so that yeah. was that was that was pretty funny. But um but no, I mean uh this so far I think this was the best Franco film of the of of the four that we reviewed. Uh there's some really great shots. Um he uses the uh focus on the eyes with the ring light reflection in the eyes which I like that he used in Voodoo passion he uses that again in here um, there's a lot of exterior shots there's really cool sunlight in this film um, although you can tell the apartment's a set because there's blinds and behind the blinds is like the blue sky even though it's night and the Joe comes in and he stands behind the window which is supposed to be the sky but it's nighttime. But then he comes around the window. But how can you come around a window if there's supposed to be a wall there? It just uh, it just fucking doesn't make sense. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you can tell that's a, it's a fucking wall. Um, and that was set. And uh, so yeah, so that there's there's a couple low budget funny funny things in there. Um, but yeah, no, it's I think of the four, it's had definitely plot structure, some of the same story of the. Uh, mind all they, uh, the drugs like he shot her in the butt with that was probably uh, some kind of a sex stimulant drug, something to make her an infomaniac like they used in uh, Shining Sex and in a couple of the Franco films where they have the drug is the thing that changes the person, also in uh, Voodoo Passion, they use that with the uh, hypnosis um, and uh, yeah, this one, you know, controlling somebody's mind was basically a recurring theme um, the doctor being a Uh, very deceptive and doing the ulterior motive Um, the two sisters of course at that time that was a standard plot line of one person getting money and the other person trying to swindle the person out of the money and trying to take off that was like especially 60s 70s that was very common TV movie theme very common movie theme especially European and American that was pretty standard so yeah that was just kind of like that sequence but um, yeah I definitely enjoyed it the best I thought it was uh, definitely a lot better than uh, white skin, black thighs, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> and you know, um, definitely didn't have the star power as Count Dracula, but I, I thought uh, all the characters were good. Yeah, um, I think uh, Pamela Stanford was good. Uh, Chris Gambier was good. Uh, the two female leads, of course, Jack Taylor was Jack Taylor. <laughs> um, Esther Moser, Sarah the maid, she was good. Uh, Joe, Millie's lover, of course, he's, you know, with his fucking racing jacket. Um, Millie's nurse, Marina Graff, she was in uh, um, some of the, she was in Black Skin, White Thighs, or White Skin, Black Thighs. Um, Let's see, Mike Montana, of course, you know about that guy, the blonde gigolo, I don't know if they used him again. Of course, Eric Falk made another appearance, he's in quite a few of these Franco films during this period, and uh, Dietrich used him a lot. Um, Walter Baumgartner played Dr. Arcos. That was a scene where uh, she goes to get the doctor's recommendation and tries to get it written down to give to the power to the attorney to try to take over the will and everything. Um, And then I guess Jess Franco is in it. He plays the piano player in the bar, but you only see his hands. And I guess in one of the German press photos, you see a scene of him sitting at the piano playing at the bar. So he is the piano player in that. Um, Lena is not in this one again. I'm curious. So I have to look at her credit history and see what she was doing around this time frame. Cause the, she's not in very many of the Dietrich films, just, just a few. And you would think she'd be in like almost all of them. But, um, yeah. So I don't know. I enjoyed it. You, you liked it too.
1: Yeah, I really did. Um, it, for, it had me so confused in the beginning. Like, okay, so what's going on? Like, why is she chained up? Like Why? you know what's wrong like what's going on like what's her sister doing and i was actually really interested <laughs> yeah yeah it kind of like it starts you off one
0: way and then it kind of explains things as it goes yeah. along like a film should and and then i know there's some things they mix between what's real and what's not real and stuff which is cool i mean it kind of mixes it up a little bit sometimes it pisses people off because you go oh, i thought that was real damn it, was, it wasn't real what i want you know but yeah i th- i thought it was good too um but, yeah, I almost feel like this podcast episode is almost like the movie itself. I'm having a hard time kind of wrapping it up. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – well, maybe we should just wrap it up like the movie did. Yeah, I just kind of, like, stumbled toward the end. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'd say uh, – oh, yeah. I'll say that uh, this was the full moon uh, DVD release of it, Sexy Sisters. It's definitely a good deal. It's, like, 10 bucks or less. Um, like I said, you can get the Franco box set. All 10 films for like 60 bucks. A lot of times, if you watch it, it goes on sale. 60 80 bucks. That's like six bucks a film. That's fucking steal. Um, especially this version. This, uh, the coloring looked good. It was a nice copy. Um, looked pretty full. Looked like very, very minuscule cuts. Um, like I said, you see partial blowjob scene, a lot of um, female oral sex scenes. Um, yeah. Uh, Joe humping Millie's leg which was pretty funny. Yeah. I was I was laughing. He was like fucking her knee and her thigh and then he like moved over right. But yeah, I was like, come on, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> very, very, very staged. Um, but yeah, uh, I definitely recommend it. Definitely say check it out. Sexy Sisters. Uh, find it on Amazon. Deep discount. All that good shit. So once again, thank you all. Uh, noticing the numbers are going good. Happy with the podcast so far coming out, uh, we have about eight different countries listening to us. Um, very happy to see that. Very happy to see a lot of cool places where Franco made films and done all that. Um, definitely European, all that good stuff. So yeah, um, we're going to keep doing this, uh, pretty much always wanting to drop on Saturday or Sunday, uh, releasing on Saturday Sunday, filming during the week, doing all the editing and then having it ready for the weekend. So, Keep listening. Keep putting it out. So, uh, once again, thank you for listening to the Franco podcast. Uh, I am your host, Jason Rudy, and my co host, Eric Whitwell. Uh, So, uh, yeah, very, very, very eloquent. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah.
0: So, all right. Well, thank you for listening. And uh, once again, watch Jess Franco films uh, and keep Jess Franco in your heart. Good night.
1: Beautiful nights.